Welcome to Bible Story Time with Mimi. Today we're starting on a new book called The Evergreen Wood, an adaptation of the Pilgrim's Progress for Children by Alan and Linda Perry. This book is published by Thomas Nelson Publishers. And tonight I have the joy of reading with my two grandchildren, Would you like to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Benjamin. And how old are you, Benjamin? I'm 10. And who else do we have? Hi, I'm Avery. I'm seven years old and my birthday is on August 7th. Oh my. Well, I'm so glad to be reading here with Benjamin and Avery. Chapter 1, The Dark Wood. Christopher Mouse looked around him. The dark wood, the place where he had always lived, was in poor shape. The stream that used to sparkle with freshness had turned muddy brown and bubbles foamed up on its banks. Most of the best trees had been cut down and nobody had bothered to plant any more. Strong winds now blew through the once dense wood. Much of the soft, loamy earth, which the mice made their homes in, had blown away leaving the ground hard and barren. Christopher sighed. And what's more, he mused, owls and hawks are on the increase and it's not so easy to hide from them these days. And then, as he pondered these things, he came across a notice pinned on one of the trees. Dark wood, sold, for development. All creatures of this wood are invited to make the long journey to the evergreen wood where they may live in peace and safety. There was a lot more writing, and Christopher read it all and saw that it was signed by the king of that country. He unpinned the notice from the tree, and he rushed home to show his wife and children. It says on this notice he proclaimed, that our wood is to be destroyed and that we may go to another place a long way off where we shall be safe. But his wife, Christina, was busy cooking and the children, they were pretending to be pirates. Mother said she certainly did not think it would happen in her lifetime. The children asked if there would be swords and spears to play with there. And when father said, Certainly not. They grumbled about it being not being much fun. Besides, they hated walking. However hard he tried, Christopher could not persuade any of his family or friends even to consider making the journey. Christopher grew sadder and sadder. He seemed to be the only creature who believed the warning on the notice. The sadness became a great weight on his shoulders, and before long, Christopher was carrying a heavy burden on his back. He knew that he must start the journey to the evergreen wood, but he did not know the way to go. Then he saw a white mouse coming toward him. Christopher trembled a little. He remembered reading on the notice that there were many white mice in the evergreen wood. As the mouse came near, he smiled. He seemed to know Christopher. 
Why are you looking so sad, my friend? he asked. Because I've read, replied Christopher, on this notice that the dark wood is to be destroyed and that its inhabitants can escape to another place, the evergreen wood, but I do not know the way. Do you see that narrow gate in the distance? asked the white mouse, pointing with his paw over a very wide field. I think I do, said Christopher, looking hard in that direction. Follow this path, said the mouse, and you will reach it, and then you will be told the way. Thank you, called Christopher, who was already running toward the gate. His wife and children saw him run off and yelled after him to come back. The other creatures, too, tried to make him return. Two young rabbits, named Stickle and Fickle, chased after him. Where are you going, Christopher? they asked. To another place where all creatures are protected, where the owls and hawks and foxes won't eat us, explained Christopher. Everybody there lives in peace. The rabbits giggled. <laughs> it sounds like a fairy tale, laughed Stickle. It's true, said Christopher. Why don't you come with me? Rabbits don't need to hide in burrows anymore. There won't be anything to be frightened of. What? Leave my burrow and live in the open? cried Stickle. Not likely. And he ran back home. But how do you know rabbits will be safe there? inquired Fickle. Because it says on this notice, said Christopher, that the king will not allow anyone to hurt or destroy in all his land. I think I should like it there, said Fickle. Tell me some more about it. Well, it says that the king will wipe away all tears and there will be no death, said Christopher. But how do you know that the notice is true, asked Fickle. Because the king who wrote it cannot lie, replied Christopher. Then I'll go with you to this place, decided Fickle. So the two went on together. Come on, said Fickle impatiently. Let's waste no time in getting there. I, I can't go any faster, said Christopher. This burden on my back slows me down. As they went, talking together, suddenly they slipped and they fell headlong into a great miry swamp. Christopher sank deeper and deeper into the mire for his heavy burden weighed him down. Fickle became angry. What have you led me into? He sputtered. If this is what I have to go through to get to your kingdom, then I'm not going. And he pulled himself out of the mire on the side nearest the dark wood, and he ran home. Christopher struggled across the swamp to the side nearest the narrow gate. But however hard he tried, he could not get out. And then, just as he thought it was all over, help arrived on the bank appeared an old water rat. He grinned at Christopher and he held out his paw. Well now, he said after setting Christopher on firm dry ground again, what were you doing in the mire? I'm going to the evergreen wood, explained Christopher. The white mouse directed me this way when suddenly I fell in. Why didn't you use the stepping stones, chuckled the old water rat. And when Christopher looked, 
he could see the stones quite clearly. However did I miss them, he wondered, as he walked on toward the narrow gate. Chapter 2 Badger's House Christopher had not gone much further before he came in sight of a fine-looking animal winding his way across the meadow toward him. The creature introduced himself as Mr. Townley Toad. He seemed a jolly sort, full of chat. Presently, he asked Christopher about the burden on his back. Well, when I learned that the dark wood was to be destroyed, sighed the mouse, it, it, it just grew, and no matter how hard I try, I cannot get it off. Oh, I know how you can get rid of that, proclaimed Mr. Townley Toad, puffing himself up a little. How? Tell me, cried Christopher in great excitement. Beyond this meadow, just beyond this meadow, lies a small grove, said Toad, waving his paw in that direction, in the middle of which is an exceedingly tall pine tree. Yes, go on, begged Christopher. At the very top of the the tall pine tree lives Beak, the tawny owl. When Toad said owl, Christopher's mouth dropped open wide. He is excellent at taking off burdens, said Mr. Townley Toad, pushing Christopher off over the meadow. Christopher shuffled through the long, thick grass, feeling dreadfully uneasy. What am I doing? He thought miserably. I have turned out of the way to make the acquaintance of an owl? His knees shook and his burden seemed even heavier. But it was because of his burden and the hope of losing it that Christopher continued on. When at last he came upon the tall pine tree, he hardly dared to look up. And when eventually he did, his little body quaked with fear. For there, perching just above his head, was the owl. He looked huge and menacing, his talons mean and sharp. And for his beak, oh, Christopher wished with all of his heart that he was safely back on the path. And as he wished, a wonderful thing happened. White Mouse came scurrying through the trees toward him. Christopher, he panted, you are in great danger. Come quickly back to the pathway. But but I want to be rid of this burden, wept poor Christopher. No ordinary creature can rid you of that, explained White Mouse, hurrying Christopher to safety. Now go on and do not leave the path, for although it is a difficult way, there is no danger that you will not be able to conquer. At last, Christopher reached the narrow gate. He tried hard to open it, but he could not. Then he saw, carved upon it, these words. Knock, and it shall be opened. Does that sound familiar? Those are words that Jesus said. Really? Knock, and it shall be opened. Really? He talked about us praying and asking for things. Really? So, so what Christopher did is Christopher knocked. Eventually the gate opened, and Christopher found himself being welcomed by Holgate Hedgehog. 
Oh, hello, Mouse, he said. And where might you be going? Oh, please, sir, said Christopher. I'm on my way to the evergreen wood. A black shape suddenly swooped toward them, and Christopher felt a chill of cold air rush down upon him. Col Holgate grabbed him by the paw and quickly pulled him through the gate. Squeaked Christopher in alarm. Oh, don't worry yourself, said Holgate, hastily shutting the gate again. It's only those crows. They forever watch this gate, waiting for creatures who dither about outside and for those who are too fearful to knock. Christopher gulped. All alone, are you? inquired Holgate kindly. Oh, my wife and children were happy in the dark wood, said Christopher sadly. They did not see the danger. Perhaps they'll be along later, encouraged the hedgehog. Yes, perhaps, said Christopher, wiping away a tear. Fickle the rabbit accompanied me at the start, but when we fell into the mire, he decided to go home again. Dear me, wondered Holgate. Didn't he think it worth going through a few difficulties to reach the evergreen wood? Christopher inquired if it were possible to have his burden removed, but the hedgehog just shook his head and directed Christopher on his journey. Be sure you keep on the straight and narrow path, he warned, and call in at Broccoli Badger's house on your way. He'll have some interesting things to show you. So Christopher trod on until he came to Broccoli's house. He knocked hard upon the door. And the badger soon opened it, holding a candle in his paw. Come in, come in, mouse, he said, and rest yourself by the fire. Broccoli began to busy himself with his sweeping brush. He liked a clean house, and Christopher had brought some dirt in on his shoes. But instead of the dust going out of the door, it flew into the air, getting in Christopher's eyes and throat and making him sneeze. Now watch this, said Broccoli, as he sprinkled a little water into the room. Immediately the dust cleared, and the badger was able to sweep it away quite easily. This dust is like our cares and our worries, exclaimed, explained Broccoli. It chokes us and clouds our vision, but a little water will clear it all away. He offered a cup of it to Christopher. The mouse drank it and felt much better. Mmm, it tastes good, he said. It is good, said Broccoli earnestly. This water was drawn from the living waters, which flowed directly from the evergreen wood. Whenever you drink it, you will find the help that you need. In one corner of the room, near the warmth of the fire, hung a cage where a little dormouse lived. Why is dormouse in a cage? asked Christopher. Dormouse set off on the journey to the evergreen wood, explained Broccoli, but he was too fearful to continue, so I allowed him to live here until he can find enough courage to go on. Soon after, Christopher left, thanking Broccoli for his kindness. The path seemed to change now. There was a wall on either side, and Christopher felt curiously excited. He broke into a run. The path was leading upward, and at the top, a white lamb stood waiting. 
In his hand he held a shepherd's staff. As Christopher came up to him, the burden on his back slipped off and rolled away. Welcome, said the lamb. He presented the mouse with a book, a key, and a new suit of clothes. Christopher's own clothes were very dirty from the mire. Read the book, said the lamb. It will help you on your journey. And take care of the key, he added, for with it you will be able to unlock the gates of the evergreen wood. So Christopher Mouse went on without his burden and in his new set of clothes, leaping for joy as he went. What does this remind you of that there's a white lamb? Um, that, um, about our shepherd. About our shepherd, um, yeah. God? That, the episode that we did last time, um, Sammy and his... Sammy and his shepherd, uh-huh, yeah, talking about how Jesus is our... our shepherd. Our good shepherd. <laughs> so he's our shepherd, so he leads us with a staff, but do you see what's different about this picture? Uh-huh. It's, the, it's um, the, what does, who's, who's the shepherd? A it's a lamb. Because it's the son um, of God. He's That's our right. shepherd, and we're the sheep. And we're the sheep, but also in the book of John, in the gospel of John, mm-hmm. we learn that Jesus is the lamb of God, and that he came to be our sacrifice once and for all, what to take our sins. What mean? It means he died for our sins. Uh-huh. So he, he is the lamb, and he's our shepherd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're going to say goodnight now, and then next time we'll read another chapter of Evergreen Woods. So you want to say goodnight? Goodnight. Bye.